Hey brothers and sisters, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Pastor Edwin. I wanted a UCN group. God bless you. Praise God that you're tuning in still, that a lot of you are listening, uh, following through, and asking questions on the rebound. I like that. And thank you so much for connecting with me. Listen, to answer the question to one of the, the young sisters here that are listening in, I want to tell you, you don't have to do what they what others want you to do. Um, in, in reference to what you mentioned, you don't have to do what he wants you to do, but do what God wants you to do. Um, be of God and continue to walk with God and don't fear your answer when it's no. Don't fear what's going to happen because remember, we abide in Christ, right? So Jesus well, I want to say the idea of remaining or abiding in Christ has to do with intimacy and relationship. And this is the only, the only person until he provides you with a husband or provides the, uh, any of the guys that are listening with a wife, um, with a spouse that is of him. Until he provides you with someone that you can love and be intimate with under marriage, under his eyes then in Christ, okay, we have this intimacy and it's a relationship. Jesus Christ is our source, the only one who can provide the spiritual sustenance and vitality. We need to be useful believers because we need to hang out with him. You know, we need to spend time. And even myself, I take this message for myself. Hang out more with Jesus. You can't hang out enough with him. Walk around all day talking with him. Remember, he's with you. I mean, you can't avoid Jesus all week and then show up on a Sunday morning church expecting growth in your life and and to experience the Holy Spirit. I mean, we only produce much fruit when we remain in him. And uh, in John 15, 6, if someone chooses not to remain in Jesus, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. Such branches are gathered and burned. This is not a description of hell and cannot refer to loss of salvation, right? Since believers are eternally secure, we're eternally secure, we know that, but we shouldn't. That's a once saved, always saved, but we should not live once saved, always saved because we have to face consequences, okay, in our lives. If you could lose eternal life, then, um, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, we've already seen that everyone who comes to Jesus will never be cast out. If you could lose eternal life, then it wasn't eternal to begin with. You see what I'm saying? So instead, the burning is a reference to the consequences of a loss of both fellowship with God and rewards from Him. If you disconnect from the vine for too long, don't be surprised to find yourself experiencing divine discipline, getting burned, and seeing your spiritual life withering. Such a believer is useless to himself, God, and others. So if you find such things happening to you, repent. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, Joshua 4 To have Jesus' word remain or abide in you requires more than merely reading or listening to them. You must internalize them. Another way to describe this is meditating on God's word, rolling it around in your mind to grasp what it means and how to apply it to your specific circumstances. 
because we meet circumstances, we face circumstances and meet situations where we don't know what to do, right? First thing comes to the mind is emptiness, what to do, panic mode, uh uh-oh. But if we roll it around in our mind, his holy word, as we meditate and apply it to those circumstances or situations, you see what happens. I mean, we must chew and swallow scripture. For some people, it is hard to memorize. I'm not saying mesmerize, but chew and swallow it. You know, chew on something. You read a piece of scripture, you don't got to read a whole chapter, read a verse. And it catches your eye as you're reading that through that chapter. Stay on that scripture till you figure out what it means. Find out what those words in there mean. Look up in the dictionary. Uh, look through your history books. Look back in, in commentaries and see what other commentators are saying about those words that you run into that you don't know what they mean. But listen, so to speak, so that it becomes part of us. When you do this, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. In other words, prayers get answered when we maintain intimate fellowship with God through his word, through his word. It's not hanging out, praying to God all day. That's great. But we're talking about hanging out in fellowship through his word, reading his word. See, that's why I said even pastors and ministers, those in ministry, have to continue always in the word of God. Because we already know that when we stay close, we draw near to God. God will draw near to us. See, that's because you'll find your will aligning with his. And that's what we need. In 15.8, John 15.8 says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. We've spoken many times. As you know, this is TR4, Discipled Ministry. And that's the number one thing that I target is to disciple you to Jesus Christ. But not by forcing you, but bringing you the absolute truth of God. Not my truth, but God's truth. Where you open up the Bible and read it for yourself and pray to Him that He opens your heart and your mind to receive See, the more useful you become to that kingdom, the more glory God will receive. And the more people will recognize you as a serious saint rather than a casual Christian. The Lord wants followers, not mere fans. Chapter uh, 15, 9 through 10 in John says, Jesus told his disciples, remain in my love. How do we do that? Jesus said, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Love for Jesus results in in obedience, obeying him. And obedience produces a deeper relationship with him. The son wants us to enjoy the intimate kind of loving relationship that he enjoys with the father. So let's copy Jesus, my young brothers and sisters uh, in middle school and high school. I want to tell you, um, isn't it easy? Doesn't it feel good when you align with that? man or that woman that person uh, in authority inside that classroom wherever you're at and you see and understand who's the authority in the classroom right we've talked about that in the past last year where i mentioned the person uh, that has authority in the room must be recognized because if you recognize then you pause on any type of baiting system that may come your way and I've asked y'all before, can a teacher be baited? Yes, a teacher can be baited. An adult can be baited by a simple uh, um, gesture, a simple word, a simple attitude. They can be baited into thinking, thinking 
that you're ready to be disobedient, that you're ready to come against. See, and authority figures, they when we're humans, we're, they, they make mistakes, they're not perfect. Right away, they will be baited and fall into that category of being a fish. <laughs> That's right, I said it. Uh, teachers, grown-ups can be dumb too. They can be fish, you know. But don't you be a fish. It's not right that they're a fish. No one should act like a fish. Fish are dumb, correct? Okay, so we talked about that. Recognize that authority in your classroom. Recognize that you too are the authority. And when you do that, the love for Jesus results in obedience in you. And that obedience produces a deeper relationship with people around you and Jesus, you see? Because Jesus inside of you helps you in that obedience to recognize and train your mind to think who is the authority figure. Remember, the Son wants us to enjoy the intimate kind of loving relationship that He enjoys with the Father. So we can't do that without Him, right? And Jesus' goal is in teaching his disciples things uh, was that their joy would be complete. Joy is eternal stability in spite of external circumstances because of the knowledge that God is in control. It is a settled assurance and quiet confidence in God's sovereignty that results in decision to praise him. Notice that Jesus offered them his own joy. So if your joy container is empty, Jesus will let you borrow some of his now remember, God didn't say, go out and happy, have, have a happy life. Um, he said, seek the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is not always what we think for ourselves. But, like it says, we can reach and Jesus will let us borrow some of his joy. In, 15, in John 15, uh, 12 through 14, Jesus repeated the command he gave them earlier. In, thir- in John 13, 34, love one another as I have loved you. Biblical love involves more than mere emotions and, and personal preferences, man. Remember that, my brothers and sisters. Love is the decision to compassionately, righteously, responsibly, and sacrificially seek the well-being of another. The well-being of another. You can love people whom you may not necessarily like because love is is not dependent on your feelings. That's why Jesus can command you to love your enemies. Now it's true that love may include feelings of affection and such feelings may develop over time, but it's not driven by them, it should not. Love is driven by sacrifice for the welfare of others. And the greatest expression of love is to lay down one's life for friends, right? That's what he shows us. That's the kind of love Jesus modeled for us. This is a subject we've been on for a month now, and we'll continue talking about it. There is a chapter of OSL coming up that has to do with uh, uh, the love and friendship and so forth. Okay? Jesus told his disciples that they were not mere servants to him, they were his friends. A master doesn't reveal things to a servant, but friends do, right? I mean, Jesus had made known to his disciples everything he had heard from his Father. When the Bible refers to God's choice or election of people, it's a choosing for service, not salvation. Jesus, and people get that twisted, they come out and, and think that they're chosen for salvation when they hear that God, Christ is coming for a remnant. 
and they want to be part of that remnant. So they believe in this, not, you know, part of um, uh, the choosing for salvation. But it's not for salvation. It's not for it's for service, not for salvation. Jesus chose his disciples so that they would produce fruit. All right, and that fruit does what? It would be useful to his kingdom and reflect God's character. Everything is for the glory of God. Everything is for God. He didn't simply save them for heaven only. He appointed them to a mission on earth that would involve winning people to Christ and growing them in faith. A mission that involves keeping his commands, loving him and loving one another. When that happens, the Father answers prayer. Mm -hmm. You ever sat down and wondered why isn't your prayer being answered? Love somebody that doesn't love you, and you see what happens. But really love them. See? Because that's a command. A mission that involves keeping Jesus' command is to love him, loving him, and loving one another. And you'll see that the Father answers prayer. The world system, in fifth, verse 15, John 15, 18 through 21, a reminder that the world, the world does not love you. Remember that. Everything in the world is created to uh, separate you from God, from his absolute truth. The world system, headed by Satan, okay, and um, hates Jesus, pretty much. Therefore, followers of Jesus who identify with his person and character will face hatred and opposition from the world. As servants of Christ, we should not expect to be treated better than he was. No, no, no. Remember always how Jesus was treated. If they persecuted him, they will also persecute you. They'll persecute us each and every time. But similarly, if they kept his word, they will also keep the word spoken by his disciples. See? And when we become disciples of Jesus Christ, because he says we become his disciples, we start discipling other people. This too happens to us, you see? Now, when you faithfully represent Jesus, the world will relate to you as it related to him. Remind you, that's why your faith is important. To stay strong with your faith and not lose faith. The Son of God came personally into the world to reveal the Father. So those who rejected him have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me, Jesus said, he told them, also hates my Father. That's strong language, man. You know, because if you hate Jesus... Uh, you hate God too, you father God. That's so strong, but there's no way around it either. People can't talk about their love for God while simultaneously rejecting his son. In spite of all Jesus' words and works, many refuse to believe in him, thus demonstrating their hatred for the father and the son. They fulfilled the scripture spoken by David in Psalm 69:4. They hated me for no reason. Huh? As the wicked showed their disdain for King David, so they showed disdain for the son of David. Again, Jesus told his disciples about the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, the Spirit of Truth. Jesus said that when the Spirit comes, he will testify about Jesus. Since the role of the Holy Spirit is to testify about the Son of God, the Spirit has a Christocentric ministry. He does not merely draw attention to himself. He draws attention to Jesus. Therefore, we should be wary 
of those who claim the Spirit's involvement in the ministry that ignores Jesus. If the Spirit makes much of Jesus, then his disciples should too. Remember, I said, remember you heard that. Okay, there are some churches. This is how you de- uh, um, de- uh, decide if you're in the right, you know and decide if you're in the right church or not. If you hear a lot of preaching about Jesus, all right, you're in the right spot. Okay, but careful also, okay? You got to hear Holy Spirit. What would say? Holy Spirit has, um, the Spirit has a Christ-centric ministry. He draws attention to Jesus, not to himself. And, um, we sh- and that we should be wary of those who claim the Spirit's involvement in the ministry that ignores Jesus. And what I mean by ignoring Jesus, they preach more of other things and don't mention Jesus. They can have more sermons about other parts of the Bible and not preach Jesus. See, there is relation each and every time. There is relation throughout the whole Bible because Christ is in it all over. Okay? So let me finish this one off. Uh, by telling you that I love you, God bless you, thank you for tuning in, and this we were reading out of John chapter 15, uh, verse 6, where we started off, and um, hey, I'll catch you on the rebound, in Jesus' name, amen.